Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Welcome back to Blind Love Radio. So happy to have you here. Let's just take a moment to arrive with a big, deep inhale and a big exhale. One more time, inhale, and let it out the mouth, exhale. Sometimes you just have to take a big deep breath and just really show up to the moment. So today I have Avery on the podcast. They are a very magical human. Um, I had a chance to meet up with them for the Tarot for the Wild Soul meetup that we had in DC. They are local, so that was a really big treat. Um, That afternoon went by so quickly. I could have chatted with them forever. Um, So I was so happy when they were willing to come on the podcast. And Avery is a tarot reader, tarot teacher, tarot student, um, all of the above. They're doing it all. Um, They have such a unique perspective. Um, It's amazing the amount of intuition that is settled within the structure and logic of their mind. I think it's so beautiful. and so introspective and so much meaning. Um, I just love it. I loved this conversation. Uh, We talked about so many different things having to do with tarot and ways we can navigate intuition, especially when that might feel a little bit foreign and not natural. Um, working with the fountain tarot, they're working with that deck and how they're relating to it, I found really interesting. And just different ways we can use our logic and express it into intuition. I feel like that's such a cool concept and I love that. Um, Intuition definitely does not look like one thing. It can look like whatever it looks like. We just need to be open to it and meet it without expectation. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Avery. Um, Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you on the other side. Bye. yourself? Sure. So um, my name is uh, Avery Fawcett and I'm, uh, let's see, what can I say about myself? I'm uh, a tarot reader, uh, an astrology nerd. I um, identify as uh, trans and queer um, and a person with disabilities. And yeah, I guess that's a good summary. Yeah, so we got together in Terror for the Wild Soul class, and it was yeah. so much fun amazing, talking with you. Amazing, amazing class. Yeah, <laughs> such a good class. Love Lindsay Mack. So we were yeah, able I feel to. Like every time I talk about tarot, I just sound like a, a Lindsay Mack fan queer. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um. So what have you, what do you feel like you've learned since the class? Oh my gosh, so much. Um, Well, so I started reading tarot uh, about, I guess now, a little over a year ago. And when I started the class, um, I had done her court cards class as well, um, which happened right before the the big uh, full tarot class. And so um, I've been, you know, I was relatively new, um, but I had really dove into tarot hardcore. I'm just that kind of person. I tend to, like, have a big-ass spreadsheet and, 
you know, want to learn everything I can and dig in. Um, and so I think since the class, um, I have really, like, I think the class actually helped me to slow down a little bit with my tarot practice and um, think about how I read. So since then, I have been um, maybe not reading as much, but trying to, like, try out different things, um, try out different reading styles. I think especially, um, actually, I think when you and I met up, we were talking about, like, um, pulling clarifiers and how I never had ever pulled a clarifier card. So that's something that I've started trying is um, is not to just pull a spread and then um, be done with it, but to like give myself permission to pull clarifiers, to ask more questions, to like sit with it a little longer. That's really been what I've been focusing on recently. Ooh, that's beautiful. It's become like a little bit less linear. Yeah, I think so. I think it's like a challenge for me. You know, I um I definitely identify as somebody who is very structured. Um I put out a, a video on YouTube recently called Tarot for the Uptight Intellectual, which is kind <laughs> of a joke and kind of not a joke. Um, talking about how like I really do feel like you know, some of us um, will come into something like tarot and already be super kind of fluid and like nonlinear, and um, and others, myself included, are drawn to tarot because of how structured it, it can be. Like because the you know there's that quote like creativity or constraint breeds creativity. Um, and I think that's really true for me, that having the framework and the fact that tarot is a, a, a kind of defined system um, really, like, helped me um, to, to access my intuition. Um, now I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> no, I love all of that. And you, well, yeah. were you an INTJ? Yeah, so this is really funny. When we when we talked before, I was like, proud INTJ. Yes, I'm an INTJ. I've identified like that forever. And I, I just recently realized that I think I've been mistyped forever. And then I'm actually ISTJ. <laughs> but still, TJ, like, very much that kind of um, so structure, it, thinking, logic, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like you have such a cool duality because you have so much water in your chart. We were talking about that also. Yeah, I, and I think, like, it's it's interesting, like, learning more about astrology and learning more about tarot has actually gotten me to connect more with the fact that I have water in my chart, because I used to think that was super weird, or before I knew more about astrology, I only knew that I was a Pisces sun sign, um, like, like most people, I think, I just knew my sun sign, and I always did not understand why I was a Pisces, because my understanding of Pisces was oh, they're super dreamy, they're, like, never in the real world, they, like, don't care about logic, and that was not me. Um, and one, I think I understand better that that's not all that a Pisces is, but also, um, like, getting to better understand astrology, one, and then using tarot as a tool um, helped me to understand that I am an intuitive person. I just need, um, I need structure. Like I think you said, and I, I love this because I've been dwelling on it since then, but you, you had mentioned that like water needs earth as a container. And I just love that. I keep thinking about that because I think it's totally true for me that like, I think I can be almost like afraid of or like, if you think of water um, as an element that's a lot about emotion, um, <clears throat> I think that there, there can be a fear of there being too much or, like, in a lot of ways, I think, in my life that I have tended towards structure as a way to, like, as a coping mechanism or just as a tool um, to keep things moving and have a fear of, if you go too deep, 
you know, I remember, like, in my teens and early 20s, always being afraid that, like, my emotions were this bottomless pit, and there were this well. Yes! Oh, my God. Uh, Totally. Yeah. Like, going through kind of mental health stuff and being like, oh, my God, like, is there... Is there, is there is there any end to this? You know? Yes. And so, like, I think I, I definitely have turned to what I would consider kind of earth-based, like more structure, more containers, because um, because I'm afraid of that that kind of flood. Um, but also, in a different way, I've also been thinking about like not to overextend the metaphor, but if you think about water without a container. Um, you know, it, it, it can spread out and dissipate and not be as powerful because there's nothing to, like, keep it together. And so I've been thinking a lot about um, different kind of physical practices and um, earth-based things and structures of, like, how they build a framework so that I can hold um, intuitive work in a particular place in my life and th- that gives it more power and so the tarot for me is kind of like that um it is a structure where i can sit down and be like okay now like i'm intentionally going to access this um and it's not it's not scary in that way yeah that's beautiful wow i relate to so much of that i feel like my daily practice of making art or doing something creative every day like I just have to or else I've learned from like those super deep emotional turbulent waves of like my teenage years like I just drowned in it otherwise it's like I have to build this structure to channel it in this positive way or else I just get like overtaken by it So I, yeah, just like the structure of earth has like given me, and I don't, I love the way you use it, that like really paying attention to your practice and like bringing you down and grounding you that way. Like I never really, I can never, like I can never consistently journal or take like data in that way and I'm always so jealous of people who do and then they can look back on it but I can just like create some random thing and I just have to like go with it because it's my way of doing it and it's really just the structure of sitting down every day and like well it's funny too because I feel like I'm I'm kind of jealous of you know people like uh, people who make art you know I think that's like an amazing thing to be able to do and um I you know I think we always like we tend to label ourselves and like give ourselves a box and I know that for a long time I would be like oh I'm not a creative person you know like I like oh I I I love creative people but I'm not a creative person and you know I I I try to stop doing that because I think it it can be or you know before I wrote Red Tarot like I'm not an intuitive person But I was like the friend that everybody went to for advice and like, you know, the friend that was like the safe space to like talk and and like I would kind of sense out people's emotions. But like, I think we like if we think that intuitive or creative looks like a single thing or for that matter, if you think that like structure and logic looks a single way. like Yeah, it's so different. We all have that in us. Yeah. And it's so beautiful that it's the same energy, but it can be expressed in these different manifestations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, like, um, you know, once I started, real, like, I, I think it's a really fun exercise, actually, for people to do is, like, if you, um, if you feel that way, if you're like, oh, I'm not creative or, or you know, I'm not logical or I'm not, whatever you're not, you know, is to like sit down and try to list out ways in which you are. And then it can be really like, oh, huh, actually. Yeah, like even like like, even like cooking or like, um, you know, how you have relationships. It's like all of these different ways. It's like we need to get out of this idea that it's just like a painting, Because it's not. It's like all ways in which we create with life. Mm, Yeah. 
Yeah, and like I think it's you know sometimes the the kind of tendency towards like building a personal brand, the idea that we have to, you know brand ourselves and like create a business and totally understand you know for folks who do have businesses and do that kind of work that it is important. But I think it's been freeing for me. Like I've gone through a really kind of major life transition the last couple of years, and tarot was a big part of it. Um, where I used to be a more public person who did, you know, speaking and activism. I was really involved in, um, like, queer and trans activism, which I still am to some extent, but, like, I don't do public speaking gigs for that anymore. Um, And, uh, you know, I had initially stepped back from it because I noticed some things in myself. Like, uh, I noticed, for example, that I was... um, a big part of what I was doing was was trying to call in white folks um, around racism in the queer and trans communities. But at the same time, I was thinking, well, I'm a white person who's you know getting paid to speak, and like, what does that mean? So that was why I initially pulled back. But an interesting thing that has come out of it is that I, when I found Tarot and I found this community, that for the first time, I feel like I'm in a community where I don't have to have a personal brand because I don't have a business. I mean, I may at some point in the future, you know, do tarot teaching or writing or whatever, but for now I'm just enjoying it and participating in it. And one of the things that's really freeing about it is that I don't have to have a a particular brand and I don't have to like, you know, force myself to think of myself in one way. and I think I like I have a tendency to want to do that. I mean, again, because I like structure, I like logic. I'd be like, all right, what's my label? Um, but you know, just being like a quote, quote unquote private citizen in this space um, has been really kind of freeing in that way. Yeah, and just being able to be authentic in the moment instead of feeling like you need to like create this identity or. And I feel like identity really just, like, boxes you in. Because it's, like, when we're able to, like, let that go and really, like, explore how we're feeling in the moment, like, we have, there's such liberation there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, my personal experience is, like, had a lot of anxiety around identity because, um, you know, one, my identity is just changed over time like I think many people's um, identities do but also like I, there's a thing in a lot of the communities I, I'm in of like not being X enough so like not being trans enough or not being queer enough or not being disabled enough um, I, I think you know some people in like tarot and, and astrology and witchy circles are the same way like I'm you know not like enough of a tarot reader I'm not enough of this and um so I think, like, w- while I definitely have identities that I'm proud of and that are important part of me, I've also had a lot of experience of wondering, like, am I am I this enough to be in this community? Um, and and I think, like, the nice thing is every single one of those communities has lots of people feeling that way. Yeah. And talk about it and are like, no, yes, you are all enough. I mean, yeah. I, I literally um, browsing a bookstore the other day in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, shout out to A Room of One's Own, amazing bookstore. Uh, but I was, I was browsing and I just looked down and one of the shelves was a book that was just called, Yes, You Are Trans Enough. And I was like, thank you. like that validation because it feels good like taking it in and feeling appreciated and recognized for exactly who we are and just being able to actually be ourselves and then when you have that because I feel like the world responds when you're able to really be yourself and it like supports you like that idea of the queen of wands and that familiar with her like that black cat like when you live life to your fullest passion like magic supports you Mm, yeah i love that i one of the things i love about tarot is i feel like you know you've got 78 cards and in some ways like 
everyone is in every card, like everyone has had or will have all the experiences in the deck um, in some way. And I think when you're thinking about authenticity and identity, it's like, it, it gives you permission to be those archetypes at different times in your life and to be multiple archetypes. Like, I feel like I've actually been with the court cards working a lot or just seeing them come up in different ways. Like I, um, when I first was exposed to tarot, the first thing I read was a book called Modern Tarot by Michelle T. Um, and I didn't even know anything about tarot. Like at the time, I had had one oracle card reading, and I was kind of curious about it. Um, like, what is this? Um, and I don't, it's hard for me to remember now what I thought about tarot before I got into it, but I think I just maybe heard the word and thought, oh, like fortune telling or something. I don't really know. Um, but I read this book because Michelle T. Uh, had written queer fiction that I'd read years ago and loved. And I was like, oh, interesting. She's written a tarot book. Um, and the way she talked about Page of Wands, I immediately connected to. It was like, oh my God, this is me. Um, I think she talked about kind of like the, the archetype of somebody who wants to do all those things and like try on all the, the different things. And that's, that's absolutely been um, me like trying every hobby. And there's a joke um, about, you know, my, my personal projects all last about a month and a half. <laughs> swords right now like just that mine. feeling <laughs> what <laughs> I was like mine no. yeah totally I actually haven't yeah. been able to really he's been showing up for me too and I got him reversed and I feel like right now you're just like reflecting that like I was just thinking like how easy you are to talk to and you're just so profound, too. You have so much truth. And, like... Well, there you go. People don't see themselves, right? Yes. Like, oh, my God. I see you. Snaps. You are living it. And, like, you... Well, thank you. That's, that's very... That's nice to hear because, yeah, I think it's, like, you know, you never see yourself, like... Yes. Oh my God. You're blowing my mind. And I feel like I, you just blew my mind with the page of wands. Like that idea of being able to try on these different creative sparks that you can like take in all different forms. That's so beautiful. I never thought of that, but I totally feel that. I am with you. I love trying different things, and if I don't like it, I drop it, and that's that. Yeah. Like, totally. <laughs> like, know. why invest? It's like the beauty of that beginning, too, is just so special. I love that. And there's so much truth in a beginning, and you can learn so much from a beginning, and it's so, like, there's nothing wrong to bounce from beginning to beginning if that's what serves you. And it's like yeah, there's... Yeah, I think I... Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I've, I've been... No, you're good. Um, I've been hearing, like, some some things around that, like, kind of respecting, like, your beginning as it is that it really made me feel better about it because I think, like, people use the word um, dilettante to mean, like, you know, somebody who, like, jumps into a million things and isn't really good at any of them. And I used to, like, my, my running joke was always, like, yeah, I speak many languages, all of them badly, or I play many instruments and all of them badly, um, and kind of self-deprecating. But um, I've, I've recently come across a couple things that, like, helped me to, I guess, a little bit more 
respect the value of a beginning. Um, weirdly, do you know about the KonMari craze? <laughs> the KonMari yes. method or uh-huh. Marie Kondo? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just heard last night, apparently she has a Netflix show, so it's coming back into resurgence, but um, yes. I I read her book last year, and I did a whole Kamari thing, and it was right around the time where like things were really changing for me. Last year was a big tower year for me, um, and early in the year I did Kamari, and one of the things that I really, really liked about it um, was, you know, being somebody like that, I have so many, I had so many things lying around from previous hobbies that were like never going to happen again. Like I have been carrying around a knitting stash since, I think the last time I knit was junior year of college. I'm 34, so we're about to be 34. So like that, I had not knit since then, but I was carrying around this really good yarn that I bought in like France and like some other Whoa. places um, that I really just needed to like gift to somebody else, right? Like I was not going to use it. Um, and I had so many things like that. Um, and I loved that the KonMari method, um, one of the things that she recommends, I mean, everybody knows it kind of like sparks joy, but one of the things that she recommends that I really like is that when you get rid of something, you thank it for whatever role it had in your life. And what I love about that is that it gives you a chance to think about why this thing was in your life. And it's equally okay to thank it for like whatever the reason was. So I think some of the examples are like, you know, thank you ridiculous blouse for like cheering me up the day I saw you on the rack. And like, maybe I never wore you, but like, you know, you brought me joy that day. Or, um, you know, thank you, uh, giant stash of yarn. <laughs> you know, you're very soft, and I really enjoyed you while I enjoyed you. And, you know, and now it's time for you to go on. And, like, it, it can be, I mean, it can seem a little silly, but I think there's something really profound in that, that you are acknowledging the beginning for having been valuable in and of itself. And even if it never, quote unquote, came to completion, or like even if you never got an actual scarf out of it, um, I think what I actually got out of it was a very expensive, uh, or at least the yarn was very expensive, afghan that I spent like four months knitting and then gave to an ex who did not care about it. Even if you never actually came up with a finished product, like being able to say, Thank you, Singh, for for bringing me that beautiful beginning, for bringing me that spark and that moment of feeling energy and initiation and fire um, when you did. And then letting it go so that it's not sitting in your life like just being kind of guilt-producing. <laughs> like, I really, I really like that practice. Yeah, and it's a, I never thought of that, of, about equating the spark of joy to a meeting almost like a meeting with an object or a meeting with a relationship and this beginning and this spark and I was learning about my human design it's like an astrology thing and um it kind of said you are you are meant to be a person who comes into people's lives and be a transition and it's almost like like you're dealing with, it feels like very ten of pentacles too. Like you're undoing all of this karma in a single moment. Like who says that it needs to be, who says that a completion is a scarf? Maybe it was totally meant that you were just meant to have this ball of beautiful yarn. And that is complete in that moment. Like, being able to get rid of these, like, notions that it needs to be a certain way or look like a certain thing. And that falls into also, like, this year's cards of, like, letting go and surrendering. And then also being able to receive in that place. Like, something new can come in and that thing that you let go of can go and serve elsewhere. And it just comes full circle. It's so cool. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that makes me think a lot about, like, my kind of relationship philosophy is I've always been weird, just just weird with relationships, like, very different from the norm. And one of the things that's different for me is um, I think a lot of people 
measure the success of a relationship, particularly a romantic relationship, in the length of time. So it's like, you know, or like that a breakup is always bad. So it's like, oh, no, you didn't last longer. But I feel like, you know, relationships can last 40 years and be horribly abusive. Or even if they're not that dramatically bad, can just not be really right for somebody. Um, So I've always felt that way about relationships that, you know, I, like, I want to thank that relationship for whatever it was for me. And I've had, like, really amazing sparks with people and hung out with them for a week and been, like, really romantically into them, you know, and, and, like, had that period of time. And then we kind of faded apart. But I don't see that as a failure um, or as a, like, missed opportunity. I'm like, no, I had that opportunity for a week. (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) Um, You know, I think a lot of times, like, we, we have this idea of a relationship escalator, um, where, you know, you, you date and then you become more serious and then, um, I mean, maybe now it's, you move in together and possibly you get married, like, you know, maybe you have kids, like it's this kind of linear path, um, up, up the escalator. And, uh, if you don't make it to the top or if you go too quickly or you go too slowly, then it's possible that other people are going to judge you or you're going to judge yourself. Um, and that model is really silly to me. And like, I've, I've read some really cool things. Um, there's a book, I think it's just called stepping off the relationship escalator. That's really interesting. It talks about like all different kinds of models for relationships. I sometimes jokingly say like, I just want it to be an elevator where I can ride up to the floor. <laughs> I want to get off at I'm like, I don't have to go. Like I can just pick the floor and like maybe come back to that floor and maybe never go to that floor. Like, you know, that's more, that's more my speed. <laughs> Yeah, and who's to say it can't be like that? And I think reframing things that end not as mistakes, but as learning. Mm -hmm. And, like, what did you learn from it? What did you get from it? Like, what did you give from it? What happened? And how can you integrate it into your life now to just lead you to expansion of the moment? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. And like, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it just makes me think of the tower, like, in some ways, you know, I had a relationship then last year, and that was kind of part of my tower year, and, like, um, the, the breakup itself wasn't, you know, particularly dramatic or bad, it was just the fact that that relationship of almost five years ended was a big deal, um, but, but it, you know, it did the tower thing, like, it cleared it cleared some space and I can say that was a really awesome four year relationship. And also it cleared some space for like all the growth I've done and all the like, um, you know, terror work and all the like spiritual work and, and some of my like introspective stuff. Um, now that I have more space for myself. Um, I think that often happens too when you, when you end a relationship is you, you make space for, you know, whatever, whatever is supposed to grow out of it. Yeah. This crazy amount of growth that can come from that. It's so cool. So hard, but so cool. (laughs) Yeah, not easy. Yeah. So what are you, what cards have you been going through right now? You talked about going through a lot of the court cards. Anything else? Um, yeah. So let's see. Well, I, I can't think of something that's been coming up a ton, but I will tell you about a, a <laughs> poll I did this morning that I was just staring at, like, what, what are you, what are you doing cards? Yeah. Um, so I, I just got, um, the Fountain Tarot, which, Ooh. uh, I had seen a ton on Instagram and, and elsewhere and like everybody, everybody loves it. And I wasn't sure about it cause it has kind of, um, I guess I would say like a like an airy feel. It's the paintings are like have a, you would describe this better than I. I'm not an art person, but the paintings are kind of um, like uh, kind Unsh- of gauzy with yeah. brushstrokes. I guess. Or have you seen it? Do you have a way yeah. to describe it? Well, to <laughs> yeah. me, it feels unstructured, right? Mm. Like, it feels, like, I almost feel like I can't grasp it. I haven't ordered it because I just feel like I don't really resonate with it. Um, But it looks really pretty. I just feel like I wouldn't be able to read from it. You can't grasp it. 
Yeah, like it, like I really like the pagan other worlds because they're like these little oil paintings and there's these defined lines. I like, I love drawing in this black ink and these bold mm. colors and it really feels like it brings me a message. Whereas, yeah, just like that idea you said before about the water spreading and then you can't read it. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, and I think that's why, part of why I got it was sort of as a challenge to myself because a lot of the decks I own are more, they're bold, yeah, they have defined lines, um, really like bright contrasting colors, that's sort of my usual style, and um, and I got the Fountain Tarot because I've been looking at um, a couple decks like that, and I just, I, I'm never going to get the Star Child, like I know some people love it, but like it's too much of that for me, um, but the the fountain, I, I kept coming back to it, and I, what it was was I kept seeing images on YouTube, and like they weren't super great quality because somebody's just holding the card up, and I was like, oh, I want to see that card. Yeah. <laughs> it came up for like 20 bucks on a, on a tarot Facebook group, and I was like, great, I'm going to get a used one, you know, and it came, you know, perfectly good condition, and I opened it up and started reading with it, and it was like, oh my god, like this deck is it's got some things to say. Oh, that's so <laughs> um, cool. So what kind of personality yeah. does it have? And what kind of, I'm sorry, say that again? What kind of personality does it have? Personality, yeah, I mean, I think it is just, it is very, so far for me, it has been very straightforward, very, like, it's funny, I tend to pull a lot of reverse cards. I don't know why it is, but I, I feel like I'm getting more than 50 because you're so watery and then you reflect back this thing this energy oh that's an interesting idea as a reflection i had not thought of it that way i love that I yeah love but yeah like I, I usually get a lot of reversals in the fountain i've been getting very few so I, so it's got this very like dead on the like, here's the card like this is what i got for you and it, like it's i i think it's really good as a challenge deck because like, if I'm used to reading a certain way, like, it is very much, um, you know, I pull cards, and they're very straightforward, but, so the, the reading I did this morning, I was pulling cards for, um, you may have seen on Instagram, the City Witch Tarot Challenge, mm -hmm. um, the City Witch is, uh, Tess Diverson is one of my favorite, favorite people, um, in the tarot community, and yeah, they're the they, bomb. uh, yeah, they are amazing, and so they have been doing this January challenge, and I noticed, like, three weeks late because I haven't been on Instagram much. So I started doing um, like larger groups of the prompts as spreads. And this morning I did three prompts. So it was a message from uh, a message for your inner child, a message from uh, your higher self and a message from your ancestors. And I used the fountain tarot and I pulled a message for your inner child, the tower. Wow. <laughs> a message from your higher self, page of swords, and then a message from your ancestors, ten of swords. Wow. <laughs> like, what? That's <laughs> intense. Yeah. So this morning I'm sitting here going, why is my inner child need the tower? <laughs> and like, why do my ancestors say ten of swords? What is about to happen? <laughs> it's like a rebirth. I feel like I've been, I've been pulling a lot of, like, I've been pulling Ten of Swords, Ten of Wands, the Tower not super often, but, like, more than usual, um, Death card a lot, and it's uh, Eight of Cups, and it's funny, like, so a lot of cards that reference sort of... I pulled the Eight of Cups pulled. this morning. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so, like, Eight of Cups, like, very, very much, like, okay, there's a thing you need to leave, like, you know, um, and it's hard, and you need to walk away, and it's, like... Um, it's funny because I feel like that was my whole last year, and so I keep being like, why am I still getting, like, I've processed. What you know what I thought of it today? Because I pulled it, and I don't feel like I need to leave anything, but I, I thought of today, it's transformation of emotions. It's like you're going to dive into these emotions that you need to work through, and you're going to be able to transform through them. And then connecting that with, like, the Ten of Swords, like, you're going to be able to, like, have this whole new space. Like, you're getting rid of, like, 
these old childhood beliefs, maybe that you were programmed with, that things need to be this certain way. But then when we like clear that pattern and then we're able to like work through these emotions that we've had, we're able to like transform and have all of this growth. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, yeah, in the page of swords, I've been, I feel like I've been working with that and that's been a little bit trickier for me. I feel like it's a page that it's like almost like flashes before you, like a new truth. You know what I mean? How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's, an inter- that's, that's an interesting idea. Like, I I think it's funny because uh, the archetype, like, if I think of the Page of Swords as kind of a person, like, I try to imagine what the Page of Swords would be like. Um, I, I guess I think of somebody who's pretty green and maybe, like, who definitely, like, has something to say, but maybe they're new to saying it. Or, like, they're, you know, like, someone in their first, um, like, social media job or like comms job or something where they're like, okay, I've got, you know, um, like, I know I love communicating and like, I'm learning how to do it. Um, but I love the idea of uh, thinking it like less of a person, but thinking just like, uh, like new truths or new clarity. Um, because I don't always relate to the like person archetype. I'm like, I don't know, like I've been in my career for a while. Like, you know, I don't like think, or I've been like a right. I mean, I, I had a blog um, that one of the big things I did in my tower year was actually cho- chose to stop blogging, which was a huge thing for me. I had a blog for 10 years. Um, I had, you know, a, a relatively good sized audience and I just walked away from it. Um, I just decided that like it was, it was done. It was a great space. And like, now I was done with it. Um, and so, yeah, when I get the page of swords, I'm like, I've done the whole, like, writing, communicating, sharing thing. Um, so I love the idea of, like, a new, yeah, a new truth or... Wow, I never even thought of it as, like, a person. <laughs> I guess that's, like, silly. But I'm like, oh, it's a message from God. <laughs> like... like I'm I'm actually trying to, to teach myself to, to think a little more abstractly with the swords because there there's a lot there like um, somebody I can't remember who but somebody on Instagram was talking about um, swords is like uh, you know ideas and, and right and truth and um, not necessarily like your experiences your tangible experiences the difference I think between I, I cannot remember what cards they were talking about but they're talking about the difference between a particular swords card and a pentacles card and and being like no like if it was about tangible things and, and physical things you probably would have pulled pentacles swords you're thinking more um more like ideas and communication and and that i think maybe that that is a little more challenging for me to think about things more abstractly so i like you know i like trying to do that Mm, so how do you feel like yeah and I feel like the fountain tarot is such a cool way to do it because it's so abstract in itself so it's got you like thinking about like it leaves it open-ended so like you're gonna keep thinking about that city witch challenge because it it's like (laughs) open-ended like who knows what it was about like what yeah well I'm curious for you like when you so when you pull a card like the tower or um let's say I don't know like three of swords or something and you can't immediately say oh I know what's going on here like you haven't just had that thing happen or you haven't had it happen recently do you do you have anxiety like you start to think about what is coming oh yeah definitely yeah, I'm human, right? We're all human. We all think about the future, get anxious about the future. But if like I just try and remember that it's all medicine and it's all yeah. leading to expansion and I feel like it's really I feel like it's like comes back to the temperance card where it's like you when you can come back to this moment and co-create with whatever your higher power is, what like the universe, a god, goddess, goddess, um, like yeah. you're able to like create and just building that trust. 
like, that trust in the universe. Because mm-hmm. the tower, I mean, if you remember, it's you're not meant to have whatever it is. So having right. it is going to be worse for you than not having it, even if it's hard, right? And yeah. I feel like whenever that happens, like, we're opened up to so many more awesome opportunities. And that it takes time. Like, that it doesn't happen overnight, and that's part of the process. And it's, like, when you can, like, really... I think that's part of why temperance is, like, about that slow move. Because it's, like, to be able to, like, work with these things, it takes a long time. It's, like, it's a process, right? And it's like when I pull the tower, I know it might not be like today. It's going to be something that like I'm clearing over some time. And it's like, and then you're going to move into these other things. And it's like the process and it's just always continuing, right? I think that's probably part of it, honestly, is like when I'm pulling all these cards, I, I, I think I, you know, can be impatient. It's like, oh, maybe what it means is I'm not done emotionally processing. I'm like, oh, come on, like really? But but yeah, like I I, I love that you brought up temperance. But I think temperance is um, a card that's been unexpectedly challenging for me. When I first met it, I was like, oh, that's me. I totally get it because it felt like a really gender queer, like gender fluid card mm-hmm. um, because the kind of blending and the the like liminality and you know, in a lot of my identities, like, I'm, I'm in the middle, but not really the middle, just somewhere else, like, um, you know, that, that's blending energies, and so mm-hmm. the, the image of the, um, the kind of Rider Waite Smith um, image of the, like, pouring from cup to cup, and somehow they're magically going from one to another, even though physics doesn't do that, um, that image was, like, yes, that is it me, I recognize that, like, yeah. that is what I am, but then, um, as I've gone deeper into that card, I think it's become more challenging, because, um, yeah, the aspect that you're describing of, like, you know, there's, there's that kind of faith, and trust, and, um, and trusting in, like, process, and timing, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times when I pull a card, I want it to be, super clear I'm sure this is true for most people right pull tarot cards and you're like oh I, d- I like if I could have a real nice clear obvious story that would be great thanks mm-hmm. um and a lot of times that is not what your deck is going to give you and so um like realizing the you know that the first interpretation you have is often not the right you know, I would say the right one but like not the only one or realizing that like a lot of times the cards are trying to tell you something subconscious or something that you don't yet know, mm-hmm. and so being open to that, I think, can be really challenging because you want to say like, okay, here's here's the thing I can grasp, and the card is trying to tell you something you can't yet grasp, and so that that's when you are like, you sit on the reading for a long time, and you might eventually get it. Um, but I think that isn't that isn't natural to me. Um, and doing like I've been doing a fair, a, a little bit of um, like shadow work and. And trying to work with some like repressed stuff and I'm always I always want to be like oh this is my shadow like here is this thing I can identify since childhood and like probably if I came up with it that quickly it's not very repressed so if I'm looking for like what are the repressed <laughs> stories or the like stories that I don't want to admit to probably it's not the first thing I think of mm-hmm. and I feel like temperance is a hard card it is uncomfortable Just like the chariot is expansion, but it is uncomfortable. Well, at least for me. That's my experience. Like, like eventually you feel good, but, like, after, like, a year. Yeah, I I was, like, the chariot is, it's weird because, I think it's like I get it and uh, and like I know that when I pull a card it's an invitation and often it's telling me that I am that thing or like it's trying to tell you like no you can do this you are this and the chariot's an interesting one because so I'm I'm cancer moon and rising Mm. um so chariot is a card that should in theory like should really resonate with me and I think when I look at the chariot I think about a very specific time in my life where I was very willpowery like very driven um when I was a kid, I used to ration my Halloween candy. 
so it would last until Easter. I would have like two <laughs> bites of Halloween candy every day. I, I love that. Do that as an adult. I would like, eat I like all of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know how. As like an eight-year-old, I was sitting here. My my mother would steal it before I'd be done with it. Like she would come in and eat the candy because she couldn't handle it. Um, but like I, yeah, I was so much willpower. And then when I was a teenager. There was a point in my life where, like, I wasn't doing great in school. I, I wasn't very challenged, and I ended up just kind of drifting off. I mean, maybe this is the spicy side of me. I would be sitting in class, like, writing stories in my head and dreaming and, you know, not paying any attention to anything. Um, and it kind of caught up to me. And when I turned 16, I just – there was this random day at the beach in between uh, – I guess it was, like, sophomore junior year – where I suddenly realized, like, hey, Avery, if you want to go to college – like, you, you have to make the turnaround now. Like, you've got two years of grades, and, like, you need to do it. And, you know, say what you will about the education system and, and college and all of that, because I have a lot of opinions. But, um, you know, I was able to just do that and be like, great, I'm going to be a straight-A student now. And I was. Like, I worked really hard, and I did it. And uh, I did it through a lot of privilege in addition to working really hard. But, like, I was able to have that kind of, like, you know, just do it through force of will. So I think of that period of my life as being very chariot. Um, and now when I get it, I'm like, ah, maybe, sort of. Um, mm. like, I don't know about, like, the level of, of driving will. But I do like that I think the card is also, is about balance, similar to temperance. I mean, it's, it's there's, like, some balancey threads in there. And, um and that that part, I'm like, okay, that's where I resonate with the cancer side. Is very much like there's a public me. Like I can talk to you right now. I can I can you know be uh, on a podcast and blather and be happy. And then later I like sit in my room alone. Like I do not want people. Mm-hmm. So th- those contrasts, like that kind of cancer contrast of like home insecurity with willpower, that makes sense to me. But I think the chariot always just seems very like go go go. Um, Mm, I think of it as, I don't know if I really think of it as will. That's interesting. Like, I guess there is that, like, standard definition, right? Like, victory. Um, But I've really been thinking of it as, like, just going outside of your comfort zone. And, like... Is is that what challenges you about the car? Do you feel like it's inviting you to leave your comfort zone? Yes, definitely. Um, Like, I get really sick in the car. Like, not, like, really, like, all the time, but, like, on long trips on the highway. So, I haven't gone up to New Jersey in a while where my family has Thanksgiving. And, like, I had, like, I, it had been, like, maybe, I don't know, like, eight years or something. It had been so long. Um... And I really missed my family, and I wanted to see them, and I just got sick. It had always been, like, work stuff before, but, like, recently I'd been getting sick, and, like, that card just kept coming up for me because I kept getting anxiety, and I wanted to stay. It was literally, like, I wanted to stay close to home. Like, I'm a very, like, homebody person. I feel like my roots are so deep here, and it just makes me feel very secure, so, like, literally in that feeling, I kept getting the chariot, and I was like, okay, I'm literally going on a journey outside of my right. comfort zone, but, like, once I was there, like, I was a little bit uncomfortable because I felt like, like, I also missed my husband because he stayed here with his family, and it was like, like it felt like part of my roots were missing, but it was like this expansion that happened when I was able to just like face my fears and do it. And I I guess that, I don't know if I feel like vulnerable and like silly sharing this, but like, um, it was just such a big, (laughs) it was such a big expansion for me. (laughs) I don't know. That's a a great example. And I don't think of it as well. Like, I think that's, that's, like, I don't think of it as just will, but I think of it as, I think, like, getting out of your comfort zone, or that example is great, because I think the chariot to me is, it's will, but in the sense of, like, you're actively managing things and keeping them in balance. So, like, if you have, like, your fear of, um, or your discomfort with going 
versus your desire to go. It's like you're balancing those things and you're actually yeah. managing it. And when you mm-hmm. think of like the two sphinxes, like if one of them pulls ahead, then the, the chariot's going to turn. And so it's a matter of like, it's really hard to keep the chariot moving in the line you want. So it's, it's the will, but it's also like the will to like balance. And, and because it's so active, it is really uncomfortable. Like it's, it's tough to, and I don't feel like you can be in the chariot. I don't feel like most people can be in the chariot for a very long time. I mean, part of the reason that it's at the end of the first, sort of horizontal line of the majors is that the chariot can only take you so far. Um, it's sort of like, you can be a great runner, but if you need to get to California, like running is not that helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I live uh-huh. in Maryland for context, but yeah, <laughs> if you live in Maryland, you're driving to California, like running will only get you so far. At some point you, you're going to probably need to buy a plane ticket. Yeah. It gets you to the next line and then you need to figure out the next thing. Yeah, and so that's actually really interesting. I didn't think of it, but but uh, chariot and temperance are are both at the end of their lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the world would be like all three lines. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought about them really like, related. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I think the vertical, those like vertical lines are really interesting to me. Like I did one video about the first three, the magician, the um, what is it, magician strength and uh, devil. Uh, and I'm going to be working through each of them because I think it's really cool to like look at those the, the three cards, you know, in the same spot in each line and to think about why they're there. Yeah, it's so complex. It's amazing. There's like so many different layers. It's like you're going, it's so cool. It's like you yeah. see this logical thing in this. Um, it's just another beautiful way of making logic in this unlogical. Right. right. <laughs> My logic brain wants to be like, all right, so what's the pattern? What direction are we going? Like, what are the, yeah. I mean, I have, I have literally done data analysis on tarot. Like, it's, it's a little, I probably need an intervention. But <laughs> uh, it's so amazing, though. It makes, that's what makes you unique. It makes you you. It's beautiful. Well, thank you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna claim, I'm gonna claim my identity as the uptight intellectual terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. I think that's awesome. Well, I'm gonna let you go because I know you have another event today. Yes, indeed. Well. Thank you so much for inviting me to come talk to you. This has been awesome. Oh, my God. Thank you. I You're so easy to talk to. Total King of Swords vibes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. And do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. Um, so I am just uh, at my name, Avery Fawcett. That's Avery with an O and Fawcett, like a water faucet with two T's and an E at the end. Uh, on Instagram and on YouTube, um, where I'm definitely looking for uh, more folks. Uh, I do two videos a week, and one of them is always tarot, and then I do like astrology and queer topics and other stuff. Um, and then I am at Queer Activist on Twitter. Perfect. So everybody, check them out. And thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Blind Love Radio with Avery. You can follow them on Instagram at Avery Fawcett and also on their YouTube channel. And I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you had the time to rate it and review it. It helps the podcast be seen. And that's all I have to say. Also, I guess I'd like to add, I also do tarot readings, if you did not know. I don't, I feel like I get nervous about advertising these things. Um, but I do tarot readings. I do, I've started to do a little bit of astrology readings. They're pretty, um, basic, but I would say very intuitive. Um, also human design readings. 
um, letter readings if you'd like a snail mail with some art and I'm doing all of those for $40 so if you're interested in that you can hit me up at blindlovetarot at gmail.com or you can slide into my dms on instagram and book a reading or whatever you want there so that's it i hope you guys have a great rest of your week i'll be putting another episode out in a couple days so watch out for my episode coming up with Ugoma. It's going to be all about Reiki and that was an awesome conversation so stay tuned. Um, Send Avery some love and tell them how much you love this episode because I know you did. And that's it. Love you guys. Bye.